Hello, you're very welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about COVID-19. Catalonia is in the middle of its fifth wave of the coronavirus pandemic. There are record numbers of confirmed new cases and hospitalizations have trebled in just three weeks. The Catalan government has reintroduced several measures to attempt to break the chains of infection, especially prevalent among younger people. A curfew has been brought in again across much of Catalonia and social gatherings are now limited to a maximum of 10 people. In a short while, we'll be hearing from Enrique Alvarez, a researcher at UPC University, about what's behind this fifth wave and whether it could have been predicted or even avoided. We'll also be answering some questions sent in to us from Catalan news readers about practical issues to do with vaccination, quarantining and the EU digital COVID certificate. Joining me today on Filling the Sink are Christina Tomas-White. Hi, Christina. Hey, Lurgan. And Guifre Jordan. Hi, Guifre. Hi, Lurgan. To be honest, folks, when we were planning our topics for upcoming podcasts a few weeks ago, COVID wasn't mentioned. And yet now here we are. Things can change very quickly, can't they? Yeah. Yeah, If if we've learned anything in the past year, year and a half, um, it's definitely that. So there's been a real change of mood. Like we kind of thought that we we had seen the light at the end of the tunnel and things had started to open up again. Yeah, actually, with half of the people uh, as of now uh, fully vaccinated. So we all expected that with this rate of vaccinations, this issue was uh, was over or was supposed to be over but now we found out it is not the case so so we're talking about reintroduction of measures again so just remind us what measures had changed in the last few weeks uh, well, we've had quite a few changes in the past few weeks. I mean, if we go back a bit further from May 9th, it's when they first lifted the curfew. And since then, there was a gradual reopening of, of society and activities. So we saw um, nightlife reopening on June 21st uh, for the first time in 15 months. And then on the 26th, uh, people were allowed to remove their face masks outdoors, which before were obligatory in, in any situation, whether you could keep you know, safety distances or not. So things were kind of heading in yeah, that direction yeah. towards a sort of normality. But now we've got a whole raft of new measures again in place. So the, the main one is the curfew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not everywhere in Catalonia. Most places. Uh, So it's 161 municipalities, including Barcelona. Um, All of these cities and towns have uh, a population of 5,000 people or higher. And they also have a one-week incidence rate of 400 cases or more. There are also a few towns that um, don't have these rates, but because they are surrounded by others that do, the government decided to include them just, you know, to avoid people dodging the, the curfew going, and going, yeah, <laughs> going to the next town yeah, over. Just. Yeah, a few streets over and avoiding it. And it's in place from 1am to 6am? Yes, and uh, it, it's going to be reviewed every so often, is that right? Um, yeah, Once actually, a week. Every week, yeah. And the Catalan government has to request permission to the Catalan High Court every week to to keep on implementing this, this curfew. Actually, we don't know how many weeks we'll have to to, to bear these, these measures. But what is clear is that at least it's going to be three. The, the spokesperson from uh, the government mentioned it the other day, so... And at the moment, if we see a little bit the map that you can all check on catalanews.com, actually, there's an interactive map to see what municipalities are affected and what aren't. 
Uh, so basically, it's 161 towns. And if you check it, you can see that it's Barcelona, the whole metropolitan area, most of the or half of the coastal towns in the whole of Catalonia, especially the southern part of Costa Brava, just some county capitals in the inland and the Tarragona area. With, with Lleida and other major cities left out of this curfew. And yeah, I mean, some of the highest rates seem to be in some of the areas most popular with tourists, which Indeed. seeing as we're in July isn't Indeed. maybe a big surprise. Mm. Um, other measures in place then that have been brought back in, uh, Christina, you mentioned that nightclubs had opened um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there was a couple yeah, of stages. Yeah, they had to close indoors as well. And now they need to close at uh, 12.30. That's everywhere yeah, in Catalonia. Yeah, that's everywhere. Even that's everywhere. And so that's only outdoors because, you know, you're not allowed inside a club anymore. Um, but it's not only nightclubs. It's all sorts of cultural events. Restaurants as well. Right, right. Basically half 12 at night, everything shuts, everything closes. Yeah. And there's a recommendation also of the government for local councils to close beaches, parks, and squares where... Yeah, anywhere where people tend to gather at night. Yeah. And, and this again, affects to all of Catalonia. Yeah. It's a recommendation, so local councils, some wanted this curfew because otherwise there's no way to implement this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the curfew affects 80% of the population, but for the 100%, there is this recommendation in place. And the other big change, of course, is the reintroduction of a 10-person limit on gatherings in public or in private. Now, earlier this week, I spoke to Enrique Alvarez from UPC University here in Barcelona. He's a member of the Biocoms Research Group, who throughout the pandemic have been analysing COVID data, especially from across Europe. And he said that there were a number of factors that came together to cause this fifth wave in Catalonia, including the San Juan bank holiday weekend towards the end of June and end of academic year parties and holidays coinciding with the Delta variant really taking hold. The pandemic was basically going down, and then when the they started to open leisure places, you know, discos and all that stuff, all the activity, the the pandemic started to grow again. But um, for the first week, it was really standard growth, like the one we've seen in in England, right? And at the same time, the Delta variant was roughly at fifty percent. Suddenly, it made a jump from one week to another. Number of cases multiplied by four, and this was because there was a huge amount of high-risk environment interactions in terms of the of of being of the probability of being infected with large numbers of infections uh, in you know large gatherings, uh, outdoors but very crowded without masks or interiors, people living together you know for a long time. And in the secondary attack rates for this kind of long-living party or party-related activities are huge with the Delta. At least uh, that's why the health authorities here are saying. Do you think that this explosion in cases that we've seen, I mean, it's taken maybe the person on the street by surprise, but has it also taken the experts by surprise? Do you think it was in any way predictable? No, I I think it's not predictable in the sense that when you have such large festivities, right, you really don't know what's going to happen. And and the question is, if you have the Delta and you would open and you have festivities, do you expect to have the same kind of growth maybe that England had, UK had at the beginning, right? Where you maybe double cases every week at the worst, and then you are able to see and control and take what's going on, right? 
but sometimes you have everything what you expected, but also the level of uh, interactions, high-risk interactions, increases dramatically from some areas that you didn't expect, right? And in, in this case, the health choices have been very clear, right? They expected uh, that the leisure uh, will lead to increases. They also expected that the Delta was going to start. Uh, it turned out that it came at the exactly the worst uh, level. I mean, the, the transmission is, is really amazingly higher in, with the Delta than with the Alpha. And then it came, uh, you know, the out of nowhere, large um, meetings and living together trips, like, you know, that uh, students, young people, 30s, 40s, just took one week holidays together, hundreds of people at the same time. And of course, if you think about it, yeah, you could have guessed, but it's a lack of imagination of that old things that go wrong could go wrong. You know, you tend to think that, yeah, some of them would go wrong, but not everything is going to go wrong. Maybe it's very easy to say no, but do you think that action should have been taken earlier in the, in the evolution? Well, you know, if you, know, if you will only look at the epidemiological perspective, right, you, you, should, you will have sustained um, the measures that prevent high-risk environments uh, until everyone 35 and above is completely vaccinated, right? You have other, the other side of the issue, right? Cases are, are going down, the, the hospitals were really, hospitalizations were really going down. And more importantly, do you know, even in the situation that we are today, it's not going to see a very large increase uh, in the number of casualties of, the, of, of deaths associated with COVID-19. It's more difficult to uh, introduce uh, measures or scale back measures at least until you see a clear increase in the level of um, hospital requirements. How do you think that the pandemic will now develop in this fifth wave? What happens next? So what happens next probably is that there's a saturation in the level of infections of young people. Right now, there are estimations that roughly 20%, 15% of the young people should be at home making quarantines in, in Catalonia, right? 15, 20%. As long as a large fraction of them do it, it's very difficult to keep growing at this number. So the key question is now is how what's going to happen with the 30-somethings. We're growing really fast and they really can grow more. So the goal there is to make the 30-somethings really realize this is, uh, you know, this is serious. Um, the main interest now in ICUs is 40-somethings. 30-somethings, 40-somethings have now the largest incidence ever recorded in any wave. If they keep growing, I mean, if they still socialize in high-risk environment, then, then it's going to be a real issue in, in the hospitals. And the second key question that we don't know exactly yet is how the 50 to 70 people that only have one dose uh, is going to react to this increase. That was Enrique Alvarez from UPC University. Many thanks to Enrique for speaking to us this week. Uh, so a perfect storm really of factors coming together, the Delta variant increasing transmission massively, just as the relaxing of measures created what he called high-risk environments, including music festivals, Gifre. Yeah, actually, part of the public opinion blamed uh, some music festivals that took place recently, such as Vida, Canet Rock and, and Cruilla. Uh, although... 
all of their um, attendees uh, got antigen tests and so on, and the ones testing positive were not allowed in, obviously. Um, this was part of the discussion because we've seen some images of, of people without uh, face mask and this kind of summer festivals and so on. And I guess that's why this week, one of the measures that we didn't mention uh, before, one of the other measures are that uh, cultural events can take place, can still take place as long as attendees are seated, something that wasn't like this uh, until now. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the figures at the minute. Christina, Catalonia is actually one of the worst places in Europe. Yeah, second worst. Second worst. Where, where's the worst? Cyprus. Cyprus. So after Cyprus, well, also another holiday destination as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so as of July 15th, Catalonia is in the dark red um, high-risk COVID-19 zone, according to the European Union. This is on their map, color-coded yeah, map. Yeah, this means that the 14-day cumulative COVID-19 case notification rate is of 500 or more per 100,000 inhabitants. Mm-hmm. In Catalonia, it's well above 500. We're at 722.85. So it's it's not good. And what does that, what does that mean? It means that the European Union calls on member states to strongly discourage all non-essential travel to and from dark red regions. It also discourages all such travel to and from red areas, which Catalonia has been since early July. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but the, the actual tra- travel restrictions haven't changed as of yet, and uh, people are still able to. So yeah, essentially they're not encouraged. They're encouraged not to come, but nobody is stopping them, at least not yet. Yeah. Okay. In general, then, Gifre, every day on our website, we update all the number of cases and hospitalizations and, and so on. Uh, what's the pattern at the minute? Well, at the minute, the number of daily transmissions is the highest uh, so far in the whole of the pandemic. So, so this fifth wave is, in terms of transmissions, much uh, higher. You know, the figures are much higher than in the previous four uh, waves. I mean, just um, as an example, last week it was it marked the the, the week with most transmissions at fifty thousand in only seven days, and in the peak of the second and third waves, it was thirty, twenty, twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand transmissions per per week. Hmm. However, uh, this doesn't translate in the same amount of uh, hospitalizations and deaths compared to the previous waves. I guess. That vaccines obviously are are the reason. Yeah, and the, the most vulnerable people have been have, have, have generally got their full vaccine. Exactly. So so hospitalizations, intensive care, and deaths are a little bit on the rise, but of course nowhere near uh, previous waves. Uh, for instance, now there are roughly a thousand people in hospital beds, and and in the second third waves there were like. 2,500, 3,000 in the peak of the third wave. And in terms of uh, ICU patients, that's a little bit the same. Now we've got 259, but, you know, we reached 730 in the third wave. Okay, okay. But it should still be said that the 
pattern is still on the rise and we haven't maybe reached mm-hmm. the peak of mm-hmm. this fifth wave yet in terms of hospitalizations in ICU. And it's, as I said in the introduction, the hospitalizations have trebled in, in about three weeks. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to mention that patients are now a lot younger than they used to be. Um, so while younger people tend to have less severe symptoms, they're, they're not 100% you know, safe, especially from the Delta variant. I mean, I'm looking at the figures right here in front of me. And if we look at the um, average age of infected people from the beginning of the pandemic to now, it was 40.46. And if we look at um, the 6th to the 12th of July, that average age is 29.24. And this is um, of cases, not hospitalized people. But of course, this translates into like who enters hospitals and who enters ICUs. Actually, the incidence rate over 14 days is another obvious indicator of what Christina just said, because the the age range between 20 and 29, they've got a, um, an incidence rate of 3,300 people per 100,000, which is like 10 times uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so that's the age range now with the highest incidence rate. And second is 10 to 19 and third is at 30 to 39. So, so we can say we can see the pattern now of this uh, COVID fifth wave. Worth mentioning also that the number of deaths is, yeah, it's slightly going up. Uh, instead of having one or two per day, we've got five or six. But compared to other waves, it's nowhere near. Uh, also, I guess also due to the the vaccination. So it it used to be like 50 per day or something like this in the peak of the other. Uh, waves. But it's enough for the primary care system to feel the the strain, you know. So even though, you know, there might not be as many people with very, very bad um, symptoms as there were before, just in terms of having to test so many people and people calling constantly, oh, I think I've been in close contact with someone or I have XYZ symptoms, you know, it's, it's enough for the primary care system to be severely affected. There's a lot of testing going on at the moment. Now, this week, we also put a call out on our social media for you to get in touch with any practical questions about COVID in Catalonia to do with vaccination, quarantining, digital certificates, and so on. So thanks very much for your emails and messages. Uh, We put them to Salute, the public health uh, authority here in Catalonia, and uh, we've got responses about most of them. First up, if I get the virus after I've had the first dose of the vaccine, what happens, Keyfrey? Well, you still have to get the second vaccine. But if you're under 65, you have to wait for six months. So so if you've got the second dose scheduled for next week or something, you've got to postpone it. Okay, next question. Uh, if I'm fully vaccinated and a close contact gets the virus, do I need to quarantine? Christina. No, you do not. You only quarantine if you are not fully inoculated and if you are inoculated but have symptoms. Okay. We had an email from Stefan and also uh, Edu got in touch on Twitter. Basically, a a similar kind of situation. Fully vaccinated with one dose. Uh, They're under 65 and had the virus previously. But their digital certificate says one out of two. So the vaccination's incomplete. Uh, How do they go about fixing that? Yeah, so, so they only need one vaccine, one dose, so that's correct. And authorities say now that this certificate is now automatically fixed and it automatically says 
vaccination process complete one out of one. Yeah. This didn't happen a few days ago. You had to ask for it manually. But now, at least according to what we've been told, uh, it is automatically fixed. If not, they can contact their primary care center. Okay. Um, Yanis got in touch on Twitter. Christina, he said, what's the deal if I can't get a vaccination digital certificate because he had the virus less than six months ago? But he can't get a recovery certificate either because he tested positive with an antigen test rather than a PCR. So basically for travel, you can't get an EU COVID certificate. Right, yeah. So for now, Yanis, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Um, you're going to have to wait. Catalonia has said that it's reported the issue to the Spanish health ministry and that the EU has to sort it out. Okay. Gifre, uh, someone got in touch and said, how do you go about getting the EU digital vaccination certificate once you've been fully inoculated? Well, uh, you have to register in La Meva Salud website. That's the, the public health site. It is lamevasalud.gencat.cat, and it's pretty fast. Uh, but you really need to be included in the f in the public health system first okay. uh, by by getting this this Catsalud uh, health card. And we're waiting on responses to a few other questions that were sent in. So we're going to put an article up on our website and we'll update it as soon as we hear back from the relevant authorities. Uh, if you want to get in touch with them, they have an app, La Meva Salute. Uh, you can go to their website as well and they've got a, a live chat there. Or you can call 061 or go to your primary care centre, your GP CAP, as it's called here in Catalonia. But if you're a close contact of a confirmed case, but you don't have symptoms, uh, the advice is not to go to the cap and just quarantine. Only get in touch if you have COVID symptoms. And they also stress that if you have questions of a practical nature, like the ones that we've been discussing, the advice is to go online or use the app and only call 061 for medical issues. And you should also um, keep in mind that even if you are tested and you do test negative, you're still supposed to quarantine if you've been in close contact with someone who is a positive case. Time now for our Catalan phrase. Gifrey, you've got one this week? Uh, yes. And so pagar dues vegades amb la mateixa pedra. Uh, That's uh, what's happening now. Okay, say that, say that <laughs> again. Cinc vegades amb la mateixa pedra. Cinc vegades, okay. So what's happened five times with the same stone? Uh, you trip uh, or you stumble five uh. times. Well, the, the phrase goes... Uh, twice. But, you know, so, this is the fifth wave, so... I mean, yeah. If you want to be more accurate here, the, the, it is the fifth, fifth time. Fifth wave, fifth, so, so, so literally in English it would be to stumble twice over the same stone. And it yeah, means so kind of like to make the same mistake twice, yeah. or, well, to be tripped up by the same thing twice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Kind of yeah. Pretty it. much it. Yeah. Very fitting. Very fitting. Fifth wave, fifth it stone is. we've tripped over again. So, en sopagar, dos pagadas en la mateixa pedra. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thanks for everyone who got in touch with us again this week. Uh, our email is catalannews at acn.cat. Thanks to Enrique Alvarez at UPC University for talking to me earlier this week. Thanks, Christina and Gifrey for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Lorcan. And thanks, of course, to you for listening. We're back again with another episode of Filling the Sink next Saturday. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu. Adeu.